Amen. Now let us receive the scripture lesson from Isaiah 64 this morning. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to all your adversaries, so that nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways, but you were angry and we sinned. Because you hid yourself, we trans uh, transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all your righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf in your inequity, like the wind take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be exceedingly angry, O oh Lord, and do not remember inequity forever. Now consider we are all your people. This is the word of our God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. I'm going to have a moment of honesty with you all. Um, been a little bit frazzled this morning. I don't use the word frazzled often, so you know it means something. Uh, woke up this morning and, uh, you know, and found out that um, John wasn't feeling too well, and, uh, and so our prayers are definitely uh, going to them. Um, there was, there's part one, uh, and, and then get, arrive here to, to the church, and my first mode of action was um, placing lots of buckets throughout the, um, throughout the sanctuary and other parts of the church, as, you know, the rains have brought greater, we'll call it joy, it's not. Um, and, and so that kind of put me off for everything else that needed to be uh, set up this morning. And, and all the while, I, I haven't felt quite connected with the sermon that I, that I had planned to bring this morning. Um, our passage today might seem like an unusual one coming from Isaiah. Like, it's Advent, right? Where's the New Testament passages? Where's baby Jesus in a manger? Well, we're not there yet. That's, that's Christmas. We're in a different season right now, um, before baby Jesus, a season that is a bit more chaotic, a bit more uncomfortable, a bit more anticipatory than it is joyful. I, I say that to mean Advent is indeed a season of anticipation. The advent of the Old Testament, which uh, much of Isaiah points to, is the coming of the Messiah, the anointed one, whom we know to be Christ. Um, but, but in our passage today, the people of Isaiah are in a bit of a frantic state. They've had a rough year. Um, they've had more than a rough year. They've had a rough decade or so. Uh, at this point in Isaiah's text, the people of Israel have been cast out of their homeland. 
and everything they knew, their entire normal existence has been thrown into utter chaos because they can't even return home. Some of them have been sold into slavery. Others of them are, are wandering aimlessly, trying to find a new place to settle down. And, and, and all the while, they're trying to figure out, why is this happening? And when will it end? When will we get to return home? When will God be revealed to us again? We hear in our passage today, this moment, that the people, the community cry out saying, you have hid yourself from us, God. Where are you? This is the first advent. And it carries on up until our New Testament passages, which we will touch on as we get closer to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, in which you know, we then get to Mary and Joseph. And they are thrown into a chaotic experience, a bit of a frazzling experience. Um, and, and while Mary has this uh, peace that transcends human understanding about it, she's just found out she's pregnant. And she's not supposed to be pregnant because that's not what happens when, when you're a virgin young woman. It doesn't just happen that way. It, you know, we have a different conversation about the other side of things, but she's been thrown into a chaotic situation. And then there's Joseph over here who's like, man, I love this lady. But apparently she's been, you know, messing around, and I don't know what to expect now. And so he's, he's also thrown into a frazzled situation. And all the while, people are still wondering, God, when will you show up? Because the circumstances to which Jesus is born into is Israel once again being occupied by foreign territory. In Isaiah, it's Babylon. In uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, at the, at the big, uh, well, through, through all of the New Testament, really, it's Rome, the Roman occupation. Um, and, so, and so I think about Advent then and what it means to come into Advent now, and I recognize that this frazzled experience that I've had this morning, this bit of chaos that's been leading up to this moment. It's very appropriate for Advent, because in the season of Advent, our hope has not yet arrived. We are just in anticipation for it. We, too, have been through quite a year. I don't know if you've noticed, um, but 2020 I, I, don't know, I don't even know. Uh, it took me a while to remember back to some of the stuff that happened at the beginning, but maybe you remember at the beginning of, of uh, January, we were like this close from World War III. Does anybody remember that happening? Um, there was like all this chaos going on, even just at the beginning of the year. And we barely even knew what COVID-19 was because it was still something that was happening over there. We didn't really bother with it yet. And then, you know, it gets introduced into, into our nation, and we're trying to figure out how to grapple with it, and everything shuts down, and next thing you know, there are murder hornets that are, that are invading our territory as well, and that's a horrible name to call any creature, but there we have it. And, and the year just kept getting worse and worse as we dive into economic turmoil, as we're, as we're stranded in our homes in quarantine, and we're having to practice social distancing, and now everybody has to wear a mask, and, and, and this whole dang year has just been one big pile of chaos. Thank God it's Advent, because now we know there is hope. There is hope on the horizon. However, 
We still have a little bit of time before that. It's on the horizon. It's not here yet. And that's what the people of Isaiah are having to wrestle with in, uh, in their experiences as, uh, as that we've read in, in chapter 64, which, by the way, is only two chapters away from the end of Isaiah. And they are left asking, where has God been? Because this has been a bummer of an experience. They've been cast out of their homes. Everything they've known has been turned on its head, and it's just very confusing, and it's very frustrating. And, and so Isaiah, uh, particular, this, this passage, but also uh, chapter 63 through the end of chapter 64, is one big lament. And lament is an important part of worship. We don't do a whole lot of lament in the church today. We don't do a whole lot of gathering together to weep together mourn together. We have funerals, and that's a, that's a special occasion that we can join together and mourn together. But even that, we like to crack a few jokes at. We, we uh, as a society, aren't very good at lamenting. The people of Israel, we have a lot to learn from because they were really good at lamenting. And they had a lot to lament, let me tell you. Um, but but we, we now also might find ourselves in a time of lament. Perhaps uh, this, this past holiday, Thanksgiving, was different for you. It was different for us, um, very different. Uh, perhaps some of you weren't able to see family that you usually saw. Perhaps some of you have lost family during this time, or friends. And, you know, the way things are going, Christmas is starting to look a little bit concerning, too. We have a lot to lament this year has not been very kind to us. And maybe there have been blessings interspersed throughout, but overall, it's been tough. It's been tough, and now the roof is leaking to just cap it all off. And we're left asking the same thing as the Israelites in Isaiah. Where has God been through all of this? Has God been hiding from us? That's what the Israelites say. God, you've hidden yourself from us. And we've transgressed because you hid yourself from us. It's a little bit backwards, but that's, that's how, what they claim. They say, it's, it's kind of your fault that we're messing up here because where are you, God? Where are you in all of our suffering? The, the passage begins with this line, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down so that the mountains would quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, God. Because we are desperate to feel your presence. For your presence is our hope, God. Now consider, it concludes in verse 9, now consider... We are all your people. The, the people of Israel are begging God, don't forget. Don't forget that we are your people. And this is an important message for the people to send to God because all along, through all of Scripture, from Genesis chapter 1 until Revelation chapter 21, it's all about how we are God's people. But typically it's God giving us that reminder, and here the people are trying to give God this reminder, and it seems a little backwards because it feels like we're not allowed to do that, that we're not allowed to give God that reminder, but the people have had it. 
with the bummer of a year or decade that they have experienced, they are ready for God's presence to return. They are ready for Christmas. But they're still in the season of Advent, of anticipation. But it's important to note that we are God's people because God is a God of intimacy. That is who God is. God is the God who likes to get up close and personal with the people. God is the guy, this is as close as I'm going to get just because I'm wearing a mask. God likes to get up close and personal with the people. And God does it multiple times. God shows up in present form multiple times. We, we begin in, in Genesis where, where the first people are walking through the garden with God. And the, they can hear God's footsteps even. So it's a very tangible presence that they are experiencing with God. And we, we go along a little ways. We skip a couple of generations. And we get to Moses and God is very real in the burning bush right there in front. And, and we, we skip a couple of generations and we get to the temple and God is present in the temple, though it's a more dangerous and fierce presence. And then all of a sudden there's the exile, and the people don't have the temple anymore. And it's like God has just stepped as far away as God can get, retreating into the heavens, getting as far back. And the people are left wondering, where are you, God? Does this year feel a little bit like that? I'll give you permission. It's okay to confess that it has. If it hasn't, wonderful, live into that blessing. But if it has, it's okay to confess that. Because what we know on the other side of all of this is that we are God's people. That God is a God of intimacy and is willing to get up close and personal with us. So, we now ask the question, where is the hope? That's what today's all about. Today we lit the hope candle. The first Sunday of Advent is the Sunday of hope, and so we have to ask, in the year that we've had, and as we sit in a leaking sanctuary, we ask God, where is the hope? Where are you? Show up. Anybody else hear that drip as I said that? Where are you, God? Show up. We need your presence because your presence alone is our hope. Well, take heart, friends. Because God shows up in mysterious ways and never in the way that we want or expect. It was in Elijah's day as he flees from certain death. He flees to a mountainside and is seeking out the presence of God. And suddenly there are crazy things happening. There's like this great fire that comes up. I don't know how that happens. And then there's this great like wind, like a hurricane or tornado or something. And then there's this earthquake and you know, all these crazy things are happening. And each time Elijah notices God was not in the fire or the great wind or the earthquake, but then there was the still small voice, the whisper, and God was in the whisper. God shows up in unexpected ways. Don't believe me, take a look at the very first Christmas after such a chaotic advent that the people had experienced, after they had been waiting for so long, how does God show up? In humble, infantile human form, meek and even weak, unable to fend for itself, there lies a child in a manger, unwelcomed in the inn, no place to lay its head but a pig trough or something like it. God shows up 
in the ways we don't expect and perhaps the ways we don't want God to show up because the people of Israel are crying out, tear open the heavens and come down. Come for we, your people. Come for us. And how does God show up? But in the most human way possible, through a labor of love, through birth in a crying child, through an infant who grows up into a young man who then performs things that only God could and brings about our salvation, God shows up in the ways we don't expect. And so, my challenge for us today, what I want to leave you with, is to seek out God's presence even now. Because as much as we might cry out to God, why have you hidden yourself from us? Where are you? We recognize that we are still God's people and that God is a God of intimacy and that maybe, just maybe, God is already showing up for us right now in the way we might want to overlook. What are the things right now we're trying to overlook? What are the things right now that we don't want to stare directly at because they seem just so appalling? like a child born in a manger. Perhaps that's where God is showing up right now. Perhaps. This is Advent, a season of chaos, a season of being frazzled, a season of anticipation. And I promise you, 2020 will end. I don't know what 2021 is going to be like, but at least 2020 will come to an end. We have this hope. We rest in anticipation, and we know that God will be revealed in full present form to us yet again. We cry out this time, come for your people, God. And now, we take the charge to go and seek out God's presence. So let that be what this Advent is about. In the midst of chaos, in the midst of hurt, in the midst of brokenness, let us be the people who seek out God's presence. And let us pray together.